episode 69. After ten forevers, Dr. Reynolds returned. Is Jim dead? I asked. Far from it, he said, squatting down to me. He's got a bump on the head just like yours and a broken arm. Scout, look that way. No, don't turn your head. Roll your eyes. Now look over yonder. He's got a bad break. So far as I can tell now, it's in the elbow, like somebody tried to wring his arm off. Now look at me. Then he's not dead? No. Dr. Reynolds got to his feet. We can't do much tonight, he said, except try and make him as comfortable as we can. We'll have to x-ray his arm. Looks like he'll be wearing his arm way out by his side for a while. Don't worry, though. He'll be as good as new. Boys his age bounce. While he was talking, Dr. Reynolds had been looking keenly at me, lightly fingering the bump that was coming on my forehead. You don't feel broke anywhere, do you? Dr. Reynolds' small joke made me smile. Then you don't think he's dead, then? He put on his hat. Now, I may be wrong, of course, but I think he's very alive. Shows all the symptoms of it. Go have a look at him, and when I come back, we'll get together and decide. Dr. Reynolds' step was young and brisk. Mr. Hectate's was not. His heavy boots punished the porch as he opened the door awkwardly, but he said the same thing Dr. Reynolds said when he came in. You all right, Scout? He added. Yes, sir. I'm going in to see Jim. Atticus and them's in there. I'll go with you, said Mr. Tate. Aunt Alexandra had shaded Jim's reading light with a towel, and his room was dim. Jim was lying on his back. There was an ugly mark along one side of his face. His left arm lay out from his body. His elbow was bent slightly, but in the wrong direction. Jem was frowning. Jem? Atticus spoke. He can't hear you, Scout. He's out like a light. He was coming around, but Dr. Reynolds put him out again. Yes, sir. I retreated. Jem's room was large and square. Aunt Alexandra was sitting in a rocking chair by the fireplace. The man who brought Jem in was standing in a corner, leaning against the wall. He was some countryman I did not know. He'd probably been at the pageant and was in the vicinity when it happened. He must have heard our screams and come running. Atticus was standing by Jem's bed. Mr. Hectate stood in the doorway. His hat was in his hand, and a flashlight bulged from his pants pocket. He was in his working clothes. Come in, Heck, said Atticus. Did you find anything? I can't conceive of anyone low down enough to do a thing like this, but I hope you found him. Mr. Tate sniffed. He glanced sharply at the man in the corner, nodded to him, then looked around the room. At Jem, at Aunt Alexandra, then at Atticus. Sit down, Mr. Finch, he said pleasantly. Atticus said, let's all sit down. Have that chair, Heck. I'll get another one from the living room. Mr. Tate sat in Jem's desk chair. He waited until Atticus returned and settled himself. 
I wondered why Atticus had not brought a chair for the man in the corner, but Atticus knew the ways of country people far better than I. Some of his rural clients would park their long-eared steeds under the chinaberry trees in the backyard, and Atticus would often keep appointments on the back steps. This one was probably more comfortable where he was. Mr. Finch, said Mr. Tate, tell you what I found. I found a little girl's dress. It's out there in my car. That your dress, Scout? Yes, sir, if it's a pink one with smocking, I said. Mr. Tate was behaving as if he were on the witness stand. He liked to tell things his own way, untrammeled by state or defense, and sometimes it took him a while. I found some funny-looking pieces of muddy-colored cloth. That's my costume, Mr. Tate. Mr. Tate ran his hands down his thighs. He rubbed his left arm and investigated Jem's mantelpiece. Then he seemed to be interested in the fireplace. His fingers sought his long nose. What is it, heck, said Atticus. Mr. Tate found his neck and rubbed it. Bob Yule's lying on the ground under that tree down yonder with a kitchen knife stuck up under his ribs. He's dead, Mr. Finch. Chapter 29 Aunt Alexandra got up and reached for the mantel, please. Mr. Tate rose, but she declined assistance. For once in his life, Atticus's instinctive courtesy failed him. He sat where he was. Somehow I could think of nothing but Mr. Bob Ewell saying he'd get Atticus if it took him the rest of his life. Well, Mr. Ewell almost got him, and it was the last thing he did. Are you sure? Atticus said bleakly. He's dead all right, said Mr. Tate. He's good and dead. He won't hurt these children again. I didn't mean that. Atticus seemed to be talking in his sleep. His age was beginning to show. His one sign of inner turmoil, the strong line of his jaw, melted a little. One became aware of telltale creases forming under his ears. One noticed not his jet black hair, but the gray patches growing at his temples. Hadn't we better go to the living room? Aunt Alexandra said at last. If you don't mind, said Mr. Tate, I'd rather us stay in here if it won't hurt Jem any. I want to have a look at his injuries while Scout tells us about it. Is it all right if I leave, she asked. I'm just one person too many in here. I'll be in my room if you want me, Atticus. Aunt Alexandra went to the door, but she stopped and turned. Atticus, I had a feeling about this tonight. I... I this is my fault, she began. I should have... Mr. Tate held up his hand. You go ahead, Miss Alexandra. I know it's been a shock to you. And don't you fret yourself about anything. Why, if we followed our feelings all the time, we'd be like cats chasing our tails. Miss Scout, see if you can tell us what happened while it's still fresh in your mind. You think you can? Did you see him following you? I went to Atticus and felt his arms go around me. I buried my head in his lap. We started home. 
I said, Jim, I forgot my shoes, so we started back for them, but the lights went out. Jim said I could get them tomorrow. Scout, raise up so Mr. Tate can hear you, Atticus said. I crawled into his lap. Then Jim said, hush a minute. I thought he was thinking. He always wants you to hush so he can think. Then he said he heard something, and we thought it was Cecil. Cecil? Cecil Jacobs. He scared us once tonight, and we thought it was him again. He had on a sheet. They gave a quarter for the best costume, but I don't know who won it. Were you, where were you when you thought it was Cecil? Just a little piece from the schoolhouse. I yelled something at him. You yelled? What? Cecil Jacobs is a big fat hen, I think. We didn't hear nothing. Then Jem yelled hello or something loud enough to wake the dead. Just a minute, Scout, said Mr. Tate. Mr. Finch, did you hear them? Atticus said he didn't. He had the radio on. And Alexandra had hers going in her bedroom. He remembered because she told him to turn his down a bit so she could hear hers. Atticus smiled. I always play the radio too loud. I wonder if the neighbors heard anything, said Mr. Tate. I doubt it, heck. Most of them listen to their radios or go to bed with the chickens. Marty Atkinson may have been up, but I doubt it. Go ahead, Scout, Mr. Tate said. Well, after Jem yelled, we walked on. Mr. Tate, I was shut up in my costume, but I could hear it myself then. Footsteps, I mean. They walked when we walked and stopped when we stopped. 